0: Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 21 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 21. All this bad blood here. Hermione stared in silence for several seconds. Then she furrowed her eyebrows and gave Pansy what Hermione hoped was a calm and reassuring expression. "'That's very nice of you to offer, Pansy,' Hermione said, trying to keep any sarcasm or incredulity from her tone. "'But I'm not actually looking for a husband.' Pansy just smirked more and arched an eyebrow. "'No, of course not.' clever muggle-born witch like you, you'd never do anything so vapid as to attend school in pursuit of making an advantageous match. You don't need a man. You can change the world all by yourself. Hermione just stared. Pansy's smirk grew mean. Well, you could. Until your birthday. Your situation isn't quite so singularly empowered now, is it? Hermione's eyes narrowed. Oh no, Hermione Granger is glaring at me. "'Pansy said, tossing her perfectly manicured hands into the air in mock terror. "'Are you going to use your war hero status and make me write lines? "'I will not enable the patriarchy for thirty-eight inches?' "'Pansy pouted and flicked her wand. "'A dozen scrolls and quick-notes quills appeared in mid-air "'and began scrawling the words again and again. "'It's actually a very useful spell,' "'Pansy said, inspecting the nail polish on her index finger.' She was backdropped by a veritable wall of parchment growing steadily filled with the words, I will not enable the patriarchy. When you are being raised to be a socialite, your mother teaches you things like how to print a hundred menus simultaneously. Of course, you're too intelligent and enlightened to ever host a gala. You'll be too important, writing legislation and trying to get the wizengamut to read your 5,000-page bill on house elf rights. You probably wouldn't even show up at an event unless it's mandatory. I mean, what kind of sad little bint spends hundreds of galleons on a dress just to stand around simpering and talking about the season's shoes and Quidditch tickets? Hermione eyed Pansy worriedly. The girl was clearly unwell. Counseling was advisable. And maybe a reading of The Feminine Character by Viola Klein. Good grief, Granger. I can practically see you putting together an enlightening book list for me, Pansy sniggered audibly. The quills were still scribbling. I will not enable the patriarchy. Hermione gave up on trying to be nice. Parkinson, I have class soon. If you don't have anything serious to say, please shove off. I think this is fairly serious, Pansy said with a shrug. I told you I'd find a way to repay my debt. This is something I'm actually rather good at, and that you would be inherently bad at, if not for the fact that you can marry any alpha you want. The world is your oyster. If I didn't owe you, you have no idea how viciously I'd probably hate you about this. Well... I still hate you, to be honest, just less viciously. Wait, you're jealous that I'm an Omega? Hermione said, feeling incredulous. Pansy was in dire need of counselling. Pansy sniffed. Unlike you, I wasn't raised being told I'd be the next Minister of Muggles, or whatever it is that Muggles have for their government. My mother raised me to get married, to make the most advantageous match possible. The Parkinson's aren't rich, but we're an old family— I'm a Slytherin. I'm more ambitious than you are, Granger. The difference is that I was raised being taught I'd get it with an advantageous match. Pansy sighed faintly. Of course, that's all a bit ruined for me now. I've dashed all my chances to pieces, as my mother has helpfully reminded me all summer. What can I say? I gambled and lost. Hermione felt her jaw clench, and she shook her head slightly. By gambled and lost, are you referring to your attempt to have Harry handed over to Voldemort? Which would have led to me and everyone like me being killed or imprisoned? Her voice was slightly vicious. Pansy looked over and her chic, mocking facade cracked faintly when Hermione said Voldemort. If you were me, what would you have done? It wasn't personal. Pansy's voice shook slightly. He was going to win. It's not as though anyone knew Potter had the ability to resurrect himself and boomerang killing curses. Hermione glared at her. I'm so glad that my enslavement and probable death weren't personal. You had a choice. Harry has a pretty good record of surviving against Voldemort. Pansy flinched at the name. Which you'd know if you'd stop to think, Hermione said. But I suppose you've realized that now, given how that gamble has paid off for you. Pansy paled and her mouth dropped open. Then she pressed her lips together into a hard line and her eyes glistened. She stood up sharply. God! And I felt so badly about what Goldstein nearly did to you, she said in a shaking voice. But you're more of a bitch than I am. Hermione blinked and then blanched as she realized how Pansy had taken her words. She jumped to her feet and grabbed Pansy by the wrist before Pansy could bolt. Oh my God, Pansy. I didn't... I wasn't meaning Anthony. I'm so sorry. I don't... I would never, ever... I didn't mean that. I was only talking about political marriages. I would never... "'I'm so sorry,' Pansy's expression rippled slightly. Hermione leaned forward, grabbed Pansy's hand. "'I'm so sorry.' Finally, Pansy jerked her hand away. "'You Gryffindors are really just so stupid.' She pressed her face into her hands for a moment while Hermione hovered next to Pansy, wringing her hands. "'Of course!' Pansy snorted and then sniffed quietly as she wiped under her eyes. "'The nastiest thing anyone ever said to me would be by accident.' Hermione cringed and looked at her shoes. I'm so, so sorry. I swear, I would never. Of course not, Granger, Pansy said in an acidic tone, still standing stiffly. Gryffindors really aren't bright enough to come up with something that mean. I'm so sorry, Hermione repeated and caught Pansy in a hug. Pansy's whole body tensed as though she'd been petrified. Get your hands off of me before your disastrous hair strangles me to death. Hermione immediately stepped back, her hands grasping at each other. Pansy stood still for several more seconds before looking down at the table. "'Well, I suppose we should get back to work before you come up with a new way to accidentally insult me.' Pansy's mouth twitched, and Hermione wanted to bang her head against the wall. "'Pansy, you really don't owe me anything. That never should have happened to you. I genuinely didn't,' Hermione gestured. "'I'm so sorry. You don't owe me anything at all.' I already have Parvati trying to find my soulmate for me through the mystical powers of divination. So you don't need to, Pansy snorted loudly and looked offended. I'm not here to find you something as useless as a soulmate. Love is what pets and children are for. Your stupidity aside, my debt still stands. I'm offering to find you a political alliance. She tucked her hair behind her ear and sat down. So, we'll start by establishing your ambitions and then look at the options. Sit down, Pansy's voice was sharp. Hermione dropped back into her chair, terrified that if she didn't just quietly cooperate, she'd accidentally hurt Pansy's feelings again. Pansy flicked her wand and a mountain of color-coded scrolls covered the table they were sitting at. Hermione stared. What are these? Profiles of eligible alphas in Britain, Pansy said with a shrug. My mother's been putting together profiles for years. Alphas are high achievers. I told you, I'm good at this. This is a comprehensive project. Hermione reached for one of the scrolls, adorned with a familiar crest with a sense of fascinated dread. Pansy smacked Hermione's hand sharply. "'Don't just start going through the scrolls aimlessly. We have to narrow our search by process of elimination.' Hermione's hand was stinging as she withdrew it. Pansy was a frightfully good slapper. "'Now, what do you want? Not just money. I hate to say anything complimentary, but even Al concede that you aren't that plebeian. So, political power and acumen? Do you prefer someone charismatic?' Do you want to be Minister of Magic or simply control them? International issues or national? Or are you more interested in the magical industries? The right kind of business savvy can get your fingers in more pies than a political career can. Or research? Collaborative projects with the Department of Mysteries and groundbreaking research? Preferences like that have a huge impact on the potential options. Hermione blinked and decided to go along with Pansy, because she hadn't the foggiest idea of how to stop her. I haven't decided. I want to make the wizarding world a better place... "'I haven't decided how exactly to best do it. "'I was planning to spend the school year finding the answer.' "'Pansy rolled her eyes and her nose crinkled. "'You really are just terribly helpful. "'Then again, you're the type who would probably think "'you could get married to Ron Weasley "'and still be Minister of Magic. "'As if the boy who couldn't handle his best friend "'being Triwizard Champion could ever be happy "'being known as Hermione Granger's husband.' "'Pansy sniggered mockingly. "'I'm not planning to be Minister of Magic, Pansy.' Hermione said, rolling her eyes. Finally, something concrete from you. I'm so relieved you said that. You'd make a terrible Minister of Magic. Would you want a spouse who became Minister of Magic? Hermione considered. No one, aside from reporters, had ever asked Hermione such a ridiculous series of questions. It was an interesting thought experiment, if nothing else. No, it's too public. I'd prefer to influence things less overtly. Pansy eyed her. You are a little bit Slytherin. I never thought I'd say that about anyone with such awful hair, Hermione snorted. All right, influential but not overly public. Do you have a sphere of influence you're particularly passionate about? Magical creatures, magical law, reform? Do you want to be based in the public or private sectors? If anyone had told Hermione that matchmaking was like this, she might have been more interested. She twisted a curl in her fingers as she thought about it. Magical law, I think since it could encompass magical creatures and reform, but not the other way around. Pansy nodded. Well, that's got the pool narrowed nicely. Pansy started poking through the scrolls, checking the crests and either setting them aside or handing them over to Hermione. Hermione couldn't help but eye the family crests that were familiar to see if Pansy picked up any of them. Pansy contemplatively picked up a scroll with the long bottom crest on it, "'I'm assuming that since you haven't already claimed him "'that Longbottom isn't regarded as an option.' "'Claimed him?' Hermione said, scoffing faintly. First off, no. Neville is not an option. "'Secondly, I think you have it backwards about how this whole thing works. "'They claim me.' "'Pansy froze and looked at Hermione with an expression of astonishment. "'Good lord, Granger! You're about as sharp as a bag of bludgers. "'Is that how you think it is?' "'Hermione raised her eyebrows and stared at Pansy. Pansy shook her head in apparent disbelief. How have you failed to notice that you have every single one of them wrapped around your finger? They can't even stop themselves from trying to impress you, Hermione snorted. Right, that explains Anthony in the hallway. He was trying to impress me, she said in an acerbic voice. Then she cringed slightly at how she'd sounded and tried to soften her tone. Pansy, I don't think you understand what it's like to be an Omega. I don't control Alphas. They try to control me. They're dominant. I'm submissive. It's a complete nightmare. Pansy tilted her head back and proceeded to laugh. Pansy had what could only be described as a cruel laugh. There was an insidious sort of edge to it that sliced straight into a person's insecurities. During the years of school, Malfoy had always been the one with the insults, but it was Pansy's laughter that drove the point home. Hermione flushed and drew herself up. "'Trying to be friends or even polite acquaintances with Pansy "'was about as endurable as hugging a blast-ended scroot. "'Oh, don't storm off, Granger,' Pansy said, subsiding from her laughter. "'I'll stop laughing. "'I just forgot how naive and innocent Gryffindors are. "'Like Hufflepuffs, but without impulse control.' "'Hermione wanted to smack Pansy, but refrained, "'if only to avoid proving Pansy's point. "'I should have realized you wouldn't figure this out by yourself.' "'Pansy shook her head and shrugged a thin shoulder.' You may be a sexual submissive, but emotionally, you're the dominant. In the long run, you have almost all the power. Monsters like Goldstein aside, all alphas care about is impressing and pleasing you enough that you'll let them be with you. It's fairly obvious to the observer. The reason alphas are so ambitious and driven is because it's something to do when they don't have an omega to pour their energy into. Hermione shook her head skeptically. That's not... Pansy leaned forward with a challenging expression on her face. Alphas have an alpha tone, everyone knows about that, to, quote, control omegas. Omegas don't. Have you figured out why? Because Mother Nature is a bitch? Hermione said dryly. Pansy leaned back and eyed her with an expression of condescension. Because you don't need one. If you looked at Peter Selwyn with those big dumb doe eyes of yours and said, It would make me really happy if you'd rob a bank for me. There's a fair chance he'd seriously consider it. I'd bet my favorite pair of shoes that's the real reason why alphas can't be held legally responsible for their actions when it involves omegas. Boys are already just stupid when they're in love. What do you think happens when your biology is added to the mix? I saw them all in the hallway after Goldstein. Neville Longbottom and all the rest of the boys were on the verge of assaulting the professors and tearing the castle down in order to find you. That's not how the books describe it at all. Hermione said flatly. Of course not. For a witch who has plans for her own career and expects to get married for love and live happily ever after. Pansy appeared to be trying to say the words without sneering, but she couldn't stop her face from twisting slightly in disdain. You're the type who would never even realize it. However, speaking as someone who grew up being groomed to try to make the most advantageous match possible, for a witch like me who was raised to use feminine influence to get what she wants, in the long run... It's obvious that the Omega is practically guaranteed to come out on top. If it's an Omega against an Alpha, Alphas can win battles. But an Omega will always win the war. Pansy gave a small sigh as though the mere thought was making her gooey inside. Your happiness is the axis upon which their world turns. They have the physical ability to force you to do things. But all you have to do is be sad and they'll voluntarily move heaven and earth for you. Trust me, Granger. Anyone who thinks omegas are losers in the equation simply doesn't understand the math. As I said, the temptation to hate you over this is truly keen, and once I've repaid my debt, that's exactly what I intend to get back to doing. Pansy sighed and lifted her hand dramatically. The fact that you don't even appreciate the opportunity you have, it's just so unfair. Pansy slumped for a moment and then straightened and began sorting through scrolls again while Hermione eyed her dubiously. All right. Pansy shoved eight more scrolls in Hermione's direction. Look these over. See if there's anyone you feel has similar ambitions. Hermione stared at the crests on the scrolls. She couldn't figure out an indirect way to ask the question she had. So she decided to ask her question bluntly. Not Theo or Malfoy. Pansy froze and then turned to stare at Hermione with narrowed eyes. Why? Hermione blushed faintly. I just... wondered... At that particular moment, the wall of parchment reading, I will not enable the patriarchy, hummed and then collapsed into a neat pile of scrolls on the ground beside Pansy. Pansy banished them with a flick of her wand and turned to stare piercingly at Hermione. No, she said slowly. You aren't. Are you? Her face twitched slightly. Interested in one of them? Hermione tried to blink innocently. No, I just... Theo introduced himself the other day and said he liked me. So I was wondering why you left his scroll out. Pansy picked up the scroll with the knot crest on it slowly. I excluded him due to his father having been a Death Eater. The knots are mostly known in magical artifacts. Theo isn't particularly social. If he went into politics, it would only be to please you. She held the scroll towards Hermione. Hermione started to take it, and Pansy's hold tightened. Why did you ask about Draco? Hermione swallowed. Oh, you know... I know him better than anyone else in this stack. Pansy's eyes were still dangerously narrowed. Draco is having an extremely difficult year. Unless you're suddenly a gold digger, there is no possible advantage the Malfoys can give you. Stay away. Her hold on the knot scroll tightened further and her expression tensed and suddenly grew nervous. I realize I just explained that you have the potential ability to make an alpha's life hell. But if you hurt Draco, I will do everything in my power to burn you to the ground. Hermione started and let go of the scroll. What? What do you mean he's having a difficult year? Pansy's eyes widened and then narrowed as she gave a derisive sneer and a sharp laugh. Oh, I don't know, Granger. Maybe something to do with the war earlier this year? Or the bit where his father was just sentenced to a decade in Azkaban? Or maybe how he's on probation with terms so strict he can't defend himself from anyone who wants a little bit of personal revenge on a real live Death Eater? Pansy's cheeks flushed with anger. Do you imagine the Malfoy family is very popular anywhere right now? Most of my housemates blame his mother for losing the war. The wizengamot could have put him under house arrest, but instead they forced him to come back here, four months after the final battle, to act as the school's whipping boy. They couldn't have done more to set him up to fail. Offering a fool's hope to him is what they really did. Pansy abruptly looked to be on the verge of tears. Hermione felt like she would probably collapse if she weren't currently seated. I... didn't realize. I've been... well, all the Omega stuff. I haven't been out much. He's... seemed fine. When I saw him... Pansy sneered. He had the Dark Lord living in his manor for nearly two years. It may astonish you to hear he's a fairly good actor. Hermione dropped her eyes and sat reeling. Pansy drew a sharp breath as though she were steadying herself and looked more tense than she had when she approached Hermione about Anthony. Granger, Pansy stared down at her lap and clenched her hand into a fist for a moment. Her voice was practically vibrating with tension. I realize that neither Draco nor I have been particularly nice to you. All things considered, you probably have more grounds to want revenge than any of the other students. But you did testify on his behalf. So I hope you'll just leave him alone. I doubt he can take much more this year. I don't think he could handle how much you could hurt him." She drew a deep breath. I'm not really the begging type, but I'm very sincerely asking this. Hermione stood up sharply. I'm not. I wouldn't. I'd never. He's—I— Her voice broke off. I had no idea anyone was trying to get him expelled. I think I need to go. Hermione turned heel and fled the library leaving her books and everything else behind. She wanted to find Ginny and possibly strangle her, but she was more desperate to find Draco. She hadn't seen him yet that day. Which was odd for him. He always came and found her. She'd thought that maybe it was because of their conversation the previous night, but now she was reevaluating everything. You're sexually submissive, but you're emotionally dominant. Your happiness is the axis upon which their world turns. Hermione doubted that everything worked the way Pansy claimed, but at the same time, she was suddenly questioning some of her implicit assumptions about the balance of power. Omegas are made for alphas. Alphas are made for omegas. Despite the dynamic of dominance and submission between them, the relationship is symbiotic. An alpha might have influence over you, but they also have an instinctive desire to go to the ends of the earth to protect or please you. She ducked into an alcove and pulled out the marauder's map. It took a while to find him. He was usually alone, but instead, his name was buried in the middle of a cluster of people in one of the less populated hallways. There were so many people, Hermione couldn't make out many of the names. She started running. She could hear the jeering as she got close. "'Your mum's all alone in that big house,' a voice was taunting. "'Must be lonely after having all those Death Eaters living there. Maybe a few of us will give her a visit next Hogsmaid weekend.' Bet a whore like her would love a real man in her cunt. Fuck off, Malfoy snarled from somewhere in the crowd. There was a sound of scuffling and shoving. Make me. Unless you'd rather I go on. Maybe you like hearing about it. Boy like you. Bet it gets you off. Bet you'd stand and watch if I shoved my cock down her throat. I must say, she's got a good mouth, your mum. Maybe after you watch me take her in the arse, you could lick me off. Cunt like you. Based on your trial sounds like standing and watching is all you know how to do. Hermione's wand whipped forward and a wave of blue magic shot out and bowled a half-dozen boys entirely over. By the time they recovered and turned to see where the attack had come from, Hermione had neatly disarmed all of them and was holding more than 15 wands. Hermione hated Bellatrix's wand approximately 99% of the time. It was an absolute disaster in charms and decidedly fidgety to make cooperate in transfiguration. But... She could almost feel its elation when she used it to duel or hex someone. "'What's going on here, boys?' she asked in a deadly tone. "'Get to Draco, get to Draco, get to Draco.' Hermione tried to ignore the panic chanting in the back of her mind. "'He's on probation with terms so strict he can't defend himself from anyone who wants a little bit of personal revenge on a real live Death Eater.' The boys parted, trying to keep both Hermione and Draco in view. Hermione caught sight of Draco. His face was slightly bruised as though he'd been punched in the jaw, and his shoulder was hunched slightly, as though it might be injured. Hermione's hand itched to hex someone. The boys shuffled awkwardly. Hufflepuffs, Ravenclaw, Gryffindors, even a few Slytherins. Their hands were held out defensively, as though to physically ward off Hermione as she moved toward Draco. They kept eyeing the fistful of wands clutched in her left hand. Get to Draco, get to Draco, get to Draco. Before she reached him, Cornelius Burbage stepped forward and blocked her path. Hermione froze. She hadn't known Cornelius until the last summer. She'd met him during the trials. He'd sat through every Death Eater trial. She saw him crying in court when the details of his aunt's death had emerged. It's all right, Granger. We're just having a bit of fun, Cornelius said. Hermione flinched as he spoke. His voice was the one she'd heard taunting Draco during her approach. Her hold on her wand tightened. It sounded rather crude when I was coming down the hall. Cornelius shrugged dismissively. You know how boys can be. Just a bit of mucking about. Hermione's eyes darted over Cornelius's shoulder, and she saw Draco's pale, bruised face again. They hurt your alpha. I have to admit, her voice was shaking slightly, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk like that. Even Fenrir Greyback, when he was hoping to cannibalize me. They hurt your alpha, they hurt your alpha, they hurt your alpha, they hurt your alpha. She couldn't mask her growing rage, and her wand hand twitched slightly. Several boys were growing nervous-looking. Cornelius swallowed visibly, but held his ground. "'I can't imagine why you'd say things like that to anyone,' Hermione added. Cornelius's expression was incredulous. "'He's a Death Eater. He watched when my aunt was killed and eaten. He watched you get tortured. He should be rotting in Azkaban.' So, what are you trying to do? Provoke him into getting expelled? Hermione's voice had a tight edge to it. Cornelius's head jerked. Why not? That's where he belongs. Draco was tried, Hermione said steadily. He was tried in court and I testified for him. He was a minor who took the mark under threat. You can't punish him for the sins of all the Death Eaters. We have to move forward. He was sent to school for a second chance. Not so you can all have turns exacting revenge. Leave him alone, the last words were snarled. Move forward? How? Cornelius's face was flushed slightly with rage. I have to see him in the hallway and at every meal. My Aunt Charity should be the one walking these halls, not him. He's a sniveling coward. He would have sucked you-know-who's cock to stay alive. They forced him to come back here, four months after the final battle, to act as the school's whipping boy. They couldn't have done more to set him up to fail. Offering a fool's hope to him is what they really did." Hermione jerked her chin up. "'Draco was at the final battle. I don't remember seeing you there, Cornelius.' Cornelius flushed angrily. "'At the final battle for the wrong side. He would have happily killed your entire family, Granger.' "'No, he wouldn't have. Draco is my—' she caught herself. "'He is my friend. He's apologized for what he's done repeatedly. He is not here for your amusement or punishment. He is not here for you to try to provoke. You will leave him alone, or I will make you. Cornelia shrugged and stepped back. His eyes were flashing angrily. I didn't realize war heroes got to make the rules for everyone. Malfoy here is lucky to have another set of skirts to hide behind, since his mum isn't around to save him anymore. Then again, I guess he would hide behind anything. Even a mudblood cunt." Draco, who had shown remarkable restraint while Cornelius insulted Narcissa, shot his hand out, grabbed Cornelius by the throat, and proceeded to drive his fist into Cornelius's nose. There was a loud cracking sound. Don't call her that! Draco snarled with rage before punching Cornelius in the stomach. It appeared Draco intended to beat Cornelius into a pulp. Hermione stepped forward quickly and caught him by the wrist. Draco! He froze and shoved Cornelius away. Cornelius's nose was bleeding profusely as he stumbled back. He smirked through the blood. "'I'll get you expelled now!' Hermione gripped Draco's wrist harder. "'Fisticuffs in the hallways doesn't merit expulsion,' she said in a tight voice, her chest heaving slightly. "'At most he might earn an evening's detention. But considering he punched you because you called me a mudblood cunt, I wouldn't be surprised if McGonagall gave him points for it.' She let go of Draco and stepped in front of him glaring at Cornelius and spinning her wand in her fingers. "'You know, this used to be Bellatrix Lestrange's wand,' she said, glancing briefly down at the curved piece of wood in her hand. "'During the war, I was crucioed with this wand. More than six times. If you've studied wand lore, you might know. It's very difficult to gain the allegiance of a wand, especially one with such a long history. But I'm very relentless.' Several boys backed away and fled." Hermione leveled her wand on Cornelius, her pulse thrumming. "'If anything happens to Draco, I will assume you're responsible. I am sorry for what happened to your aunt. She was a brave woman. But if you wanted to avenge her, you should have fought in the Battle of Hogwarts. Attacking Draco and threatening to rape his mother in order to try to get him thrown into Azkaban isn't justice. It's revenge. A coward's revenge!' Attacking and hurting someone who can't or won't fight back is what the Death Eaters did. Think about that the next time you feel angry about what happened to your aunt. Now take your boys and muck about somewhere else. Her tone was vicious and her heart was pounding as she glared at everyone before her. Cornelius turned to leave with a mutinous expression. Most of the boys bolted, but a few backed away more slowly. Can I have my wand back? One boy asked hesitantly. Hermione gave a thin smile. I'll turn all of them over to the headmistress. You can pick it up from her. That way she'll know exactly who to keep an eye on. The boy swallowed and turned away. Hermione stood beside Draco, panting faintly as she watched the group slink off, still clutching a fistful of wands. End of Chapter 21 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Hermione Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page that's KO-FI for those of you who want to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you so much for your support.